Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Make Your Vision podcast for episode 53, AWFS Recap. What's going on, Martina? I'm fully recovered, I think. That was a lot of walking. It was like being at Disneyland for several days. I'm not. I still feel very tired. It's because you tried to party hard, like you're in your 20s still. I didn't party hard. I just, by the time you walk like four miles each day, you're there. At least, probably. I looked at my, because I have the Apple Watch, I think I did four and a half miles on Wednesday, the first day I was there. Because you went Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, all day Wednesday, all day Friday. And then I went Friday and part of Saturday. So obviously, neither of us were working on anything this week because we were here. I got a ton of inquiries while I was out. I thought it was pretty funny, like, with me being not active at all on Instagram or any of my avenues I use. I got a bunch of, I need this made, I need this made. Uh, And my auto response to everyone was, I'm out of town. I'll get back to you on Monday. So I have a bunch of follow-up I need to do tomorrow. That's good news, though. Hopefully. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Assuming they're people you want to work with, it's good news. It's just like a bunch of small items and... What I should be doing today is getting the wasteboard and clamping system set up on my Shapeoko and between today and tomorrow. And then I guess I wouldn't be so negative about all this small item stuff because then it would be real easy just to throw it on there, clamp it in place and let it do its thing. You should probably go ahead and do that. I know. You know what? It's going to be 107 degrees here this week too. So this will be the perfect time for me to just get knee deep in a project that I've never done before and get super frustrated with. Yeah, today is going to be 108. Yeah, it's crispy. Oh, it was it was about 108 the whole time AWFS was going on. It was a nice like 70 degrees in the convention center though, which was perfect. Yes, it was just walking from the parking lot to the convention center. Walking with you from in the parking lot, and it was still like 10 a.m. I was like, "This dude's gonna die." This is, whole, it is it's so, so funny that you live out there. You cannot tolerate the heat no, at I all. Can't. Well, even at 10 a.m., it was like 102 already. <laughs> like, it's 10 a.m. This is too early for this. You definitely feel like we have heat here, too, but you definitely feel like you're in an oven all the time in Vegas. Like, the heat is def- yeah. is different there versus here. I don't know what it... It kind of feels, like you said, like you preheated the oven when you walked out the door. Yeah. And then you get in your car and you are in the oven. Yeah, when you point. open it and you have that gust of heat. Yes. So, I'm not crazy. It is super hot here. No, it's hot. And then you made people go work in your sweatshop. I did not make Is them. that not politically correct? Is that, that okay is for me to say? not politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Please send hate mail to Maker Experiment. So, that was Thursday night that that happened, right? Yeah, Thursday yeah. night. So, John from Johnny Law's workshop and then Jacob from Explosive Woodworks were in town for AWFS and they came over and somehow I got them to help me frame in the part of the attic that I opened up from the drywall. So we put two by sixes vertically to help space it away from the truss. And then we were putting backer board to those two by sixes to give it about a six inch gap between the truss and that for insulation to fit in. So we got half of that wall walled back up. I just have the last half left. But yeah. How did you, I mean. So thank you to them. Yeah, because it's not. Because that was awesome. That was just them being nice. Yeah. So you got hooked up. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't offer my services. They were really nice and probably regret it. They're like, (laughs) I'm never going to Vegas again. (laughs) I can't blame them. But yeah, 
Like it was really nice of them to come and hang out and help, but my my shop was probably 115. That's disgusting. Inside at one point. Yeah, you my friend that lives there, her house her garage like doesn't see the sun. So her like if she were like her husband wants to get a workbench and do some stuff in there, mm-hmm. he would be fine. I mean, it's hot, but it's not direct sun, you know, 120 degree shop. Mine is direct sun practically all day. Spoopy. Which makes it very difficult to be in there without insulation or AC. That should be a game changer once you get all that done. Yeah. Right now, if I open my garage, I cannot walk into my garage <laughs> from that side. I've basically blocked it. Don't wonder why you had shop envy of my story from last night with it being completely clean. Yeah. Mainly because you came home to a clean shop. That's what happens when your wife bells on you last minute to go out of town with you. So that was her making things right. <laughs> that was nice of her. Yeah. But yeah, the so the AWFS in general was I think a convention center in Las Vegas. It was huge in my opinion. Massive. I was told that that was not the biggest show. So I didn't realize that at first. I didn't realize that there were so many sections to the convention center. Mm-hmm. But they could have opened it more if they needed space because all those walls are basically partition walls. If they want to make rent space, but I mean. Anytime you turned a corner thinking you already turned that corner, you had it. It was something new. You definitely, you need a whole day almost just to walk it and kind of figure out what to even go back to and what you want to see. I walked the same aisle three times and found something new all three times. There was a lot. It was definitely an experience, but at the same time, I guess in my head, I thought I would see more things that would be exciting to see. And a lot of it became really repetitive. So there's a few things that I felt had no place there whatsoever. Like cell phone covers? There were cell phone covers, but they weren't wood. They were just plastic pieces of junk. Yeah. Then there was this booth that had like some bracelet thing claiming that gives you better balance. That shouldn't have been there either. There were things that were non uh, woodworking or finishing related. Do you ever go to like the home shows or like when you go to like your county fair or whatever and then they have all the exhibit halls and then they have like those paid for booths where it's all as seen on tv stuff like that's what it felt like in some of the sections like the deep dark corners of the convention had these like just randoms that were willing to pay for a booth space so that was the interesting part because like you said it was the outskirts Uh the dead center was like the multi-million dollar machines that took up more space than my house right And there were at least three companies that took up a huge portion of the show. I can't imagine how long it took them to set that stuff up, to display it, and now they have to dismantle and take it back, too. I want to know how much it costs to ship that stuff here. Some of those machines, I mean, if you're looking at a 4x8 CNC that costs $55,000, and that's just a 4x8 machine, and then you're looking at these other machines that are probably taking up like a 24x24-foot footprint i i can't even imagine how much something like that costs and they were fully automated from start to finish complete just robots grabbing full sheets of plywood dropping it into the cnc picking it up when it was done putting it away grabbing a new sheet and making it do its thing it was crazy i think it was john that went in and priced out one section of one of those machines and it was like two hundred fifty thousand or something or 300,000. Yeah, I, just crazy. Oh, I stopped by Kern Laser because I was like, oh, these are, they're really nice. And he said, yeah, this one here, spec'd out as is, it was like a 400 watt CO2 laser that mm-hmm. was four foot by eight foot. It's like, how much is that one? 110,000. It's like, mm, yeah, that's about what I figured, but. Ooh. Jeez. So I walked by the Felder Group area mm-hmm. and those were just beautiful machines. They were using the planer at one point. And I didn't know machines came silent. I didn't even know what was on until he pulled it out out of the pass. And I was like, holy crap, this is nuts. So I was getting emails from them every day saying, claim your show price for the equipment. So I kept trying to click on it just out of curiosity to see how much it was worth. But the link wouldn't work. Like they wanted me to actually call and inquire about it for their table saw, their planer. And then I think an edge banner I got emails for. But those were nuts. I didn't actually stop and watch them. I just walked by their booth. But you just feel like you can't afford them as you're walking by them. 
Oh, for sure. That, I mean, the price tag on those, I can't afford a saw stop, so I know I can't afford those. But it's crazy because... Oh, yeah. They're, they're ridiculous. That show, you can... Some of these vendors that were there, like cabinet vendors or closet vendors, anything like that, you're trying to walk through their area and see what they have to offer, and they know you're just there looking around because you're not in a suit and tie and you're not ready mm-hmm. to sign a contract for the next several years with them. So you get you don't get the time of day. And that's kind of what it felt like walking past Felder. It was like, th- there's no point in us even talking because this is never going to be a connection that's going to happen. That's funny that you say suit and tie because there's one booth I walked by and everybody that worked the booth was in full suit and tie. I'm assuming it's the one that was kind of like a brownish toned set up for their cabinetry and they had a full-on office where you could go sit in there and talk business and they had a catered meal there too that's the one yeah they didn't care about me walking through there at all (laughs) in my shorts and my vans (laughs) it was interesting because there were companies that were smaller so micro jig was there Mm -hmm. pony jorgensen accuride type bond like companies we use Mm -hmm. all the time then there were all these companies i had never heard of that were the giant machines that we're never gonna see a need for unless we suddenly open a cabinet shop that is multi-million dollars i'm not gonna lie it really made me wonder why i'm building furniture because robots are taking over the world Because robots are taking over the world. It definitely gave me more ideas for being able to market myself as handcrafted and custom made and attention to detail, keeping things local, but just the capabilities of the constant production from these shops and the ability to fulfill orders quicker than me is definitely hard to compete with. Yeah, that part I saw. One thing that was cool was there weren't really like entry level hobbyist CNCs. Not at that show, no, because X-Carve wasn't there, Shapeoka wasn't there. Axiom wasn't there. Right. Which isn't really, that's kind of like a... A a step up still. Yeah. There was one, what they considered to be a hobby level laser, which was the Dremel, Mm -hmm. that was at the Johnson Plastics booth. But that was the only hobby laser. Other than like, there were some Chinese, actually there were some Chinese company CNC and lasers like out in the corners. They're so small though that i don't know they were like 12 inches by 12 inches yeah that i don't know that even if they're like a couple hundred bucks i would spend my money on it because you can put they were like engraving pens so it was yeah i don't know that it's worth it to invest the money in something so small scale in my opinion and i i think the ones that make the shark cnc Mm -hmm. and piranha or whatever i think they were there i don't know that i saw them so maybe there were a couple of hobbyist ones, but they weren't the ones that are, Not like they higher, weren't Shapeoka or Inventables or whatever. They're really, yeah, like little, almost like little desktop CNCs, not as high of quality or as reputable as some of the other brands for hobbyist. Yeah. So it was interesting because there was, if you're a hobbyist or a side hustler, there were booths that you could definitely talk to. And then if you were a big company, there were booths you could talk to. So I think it had a nice range of products there were definitely booths that shouldn't have been there at all and then some i expected to be there that weren't at all right it was i guess a little intimidating just based off of size alone because you're a you know an individual that runs a small scale shop and then you're standing next to these big corporations that have representatives there so it was hard to kind of get the vendors the representatives to give you the time of day and discuss products because from our financial standpoint, it's kind of like, hey, let's do a partnership for free, like a sponsored post type thing. Let us mm-hmm. let me try out your equipment. And then they're like, oh, I have a check for a million dollars if you give me your product. So yeah, <laughs> that was a little difficult to try and get get on the same page with the representatives that were there. The Actually, the first thing I did once I got there was beeline straight to the type bond booth because Mark Spagnolo was there signing the essential joinery book for free yeah so tight bond sponsored so that was awesome um he was with the tight bond booth and tight bond bought books for him to sign and do like a meet and greet with mark which super cool dude it was really nice chatty remembered you and i from the podcast which was really cool and you and i weren't even together it was at separate times that was funny um, right because i walked up and he said hey i know you like, yeah, yeah I so I think we both had like little fangirl moments about that. He was that super week. cool. 
yeah, him and his wife were really laid back. It was nice and easy, quick little chat. Yeah. And it was nice because when I went, nobody else was at the booth. I think the benefit of the show that they had him at, because it was a larger scale, it wasn't a huge competition to like get in line because a lot of people that were there don't need tight bond glue and don't know who Mark Spagnuolo is because there's probably like a handful of us, mm-hmm. you know, that are small time makers. So they all know who he is and everyone else is like, nope, don't need wood glue. Keep on walking. So I walked straight up to him. There was no line for me either. Well, and they kind of put him in a weird spot. They kind of tucked him away. Yes. I don't think that tight bond glue needs to be with uh, cabinets and, well, stock cabinets and cabinet hardware. You would so, think he would be more on the level with all the woodworking stuff. You would have thought, because he, he was next to Accuride. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But then everything else around him was like Formica cabinet fronts or Same with Klingspore. I thought that was in a weird spot too. Yeah, it was. And he wasn't far, Klingspore wasn't far from Titebond, but they were not laid out strategically, I feel like. I don't know that there was any... Rhyme or reason? Yeah, because there were wood dealers. The wood dealers were all kind of in one section, but then clamp companies were on opposite sides of the hall. Did you talk to any of those wood companies that were there? I talked to one. I didn't. It just seems so weird to me to purchase your Baltic birch and whatnot through some company. Like, I like it to be hands-on. I want to go through the stacks of wood and pick it out for myself and do that. But if it was, it'd be different if it was like Johnson's Plastics and I can order my sheets of acrylic because all that stuff should be the same. But for something that could possibly be warped or bowed or have a huge gouge out of it i don't i don't want you to ship it to my door i want to go pick that up myself and sift through that and find what i want well and even then shipping plywood to your door would not be cost efficient no i no not for my size operation well and here the sheet goods here in town are pretty reasonable it's the hardwood mm-hmm. so people have gone up to um like the oregon area and either brought a trailer back or called up to like Gobi Walnut or whatever and had them ship Walnut because it's cheaper to buy it and ship it from like the Portland and whatever areas mm-hmm. than it is to buy it here in town because we don't have anything. <laughs> like we don't have a walnut tree out down, like outside. I was going to sift through Jaja Woods' wood supply. He wouldn't notice any, a lot of that stuff was missing. Oh, uh, so from the, yeah, from the meetup? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we had the meetup at Jaja Woods workshop. So him and Ken from Legacy Woodworking Las Vegas had us over to the shop Friday night and we hung out and had some local beers, some pizza, and got to chat. I think there were about 14 people that came. Something like that. I think, well, people kind of came. There's a couple people that came in and out. So I think yeah. maybe at the largest point, it was probably 20. So a small little meetup. It was nice, though. It wasn't bad. It was nice the shop to talk was with. amazing. Yeah, it was nice to talk to like-minded individuals about woodworking and creating and projects and CNCs and all that stuff. Yeah, before I went to AWFS, I messaged a few companies that I knew were going to be there and asked if they'd like to go to the meetup and see if like any of them would do like a giveaway or something. So Pony Jorgensen gave us some clamps to give away and then johnson plastics gave us some material sheets to give away and i think people liked that mm-hmm. they came and had a chance to win something and take back granted if you were flying and you had won the clamps <laughs> i think everybody that won them that was flying was like they gave them to somebody driving i could because i ended up flying instead of driving like i anticipated i barely had room to fit all the swag that i got from the event in my carry-on and then so I got Johnson Johnson Plastics gave us out like little sample packs at the meetup and they had an acrylic coaster in the shape of a saw blade. And I put that in my carry on and I got stopped through TSA because it pretty much looked like a ninja star in my bag. So I had to go get pulled aside, have all my stuff sifted through by TSA. And so thanks Johnson's Plastics kind of because <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> you told me that. And I started laughing. You would get stopped for a plastic saw blade. I always get stopped through TSA for something, even if it's just the random check. Like, so the fact that they kind of found something this time made it just 
icing on the cake that it always happens and then this time they thought they found a weapon uh they didn't take it for me which was cool so i still got to bring back my acrylic coaster but i have just like Accurite had given out these mini drawer slide bottle openers and we kept talking about how that was going to be the thing from that set off TSA for me and they didn't even care about that. They cared about the ninja star. I need to find <laughs> mine. I don't know where I put it. It's probably magnetized to something. That was pretty sweet. Their whole setup was really cool because I liked that they had the garage options for Accuride and then the indoor kitchen options or your office options and it made my wheels and your wheels start turning for shop upgrades and freeing up some space. So when I was thinking of how I was going to redo part of my garage, at first glance, I was like, oh, you know, cabinets and drawers. And then I went and saw their booth and they have, you know, the skinny cabinets, but they pull out and then it had like pegboard on the inside. That was pretty was sweet. Like, that, I didn't think of that. Like, it's so simple, but you don't think of it till you see it somewhere else they had a lot of that in their booth they even had a bike that was in a locking drawer slide compartment i did like that that drawer slide locked when it was fully extended and then when it was in like when it was closed that way it doesn't just start rolling at you or anything like that or if it since it locks in place if you were to take your bike off and on you're not going to fight with the cabinet trying to close on you because it's locked in place open it was really cool like they had a whole bunch of stuff in their booth that was designed by the people in the booth. I liked all those flat slide outs for basically like your keyboard or whatever. Mm-hmm. So and that locks in place so you can have like a work surface and I would I really want to add that to my CNC sh- setup for That'd my laptop. Cool. So that way I can stand and work on it cuz right now it's on that bottom shelf of my CNC cart and when I'm working on the computer like it just it's such an awkward position. So it's such an awkward position. So I think adding that to a higher level would be pretty slick. Yeah, they had a lot of cool stuff. There were a few booths that had really cool setups. And then there were a few booths that you were like, you could have put a little more effort into that. Did you go by Armor Tool at all? And the fact that that was probably like one of the saddest booths that was there. Okay, so to your point on that one, I probably walked by them. I never saw them. But yeah, Armor Tool had a really sad display i never saw <laughs> their booth they were right by um all the big like the um cncs over there the laguna cncs they were like right on the other side maybe that's why that was another problem i found with that show is you'd have this huge massive company and then they put this little like five foot by five foot booth like somewhere in the corner of that company's square mm-hmm. footage so you could easily miss whatever was there, thinking it was part of this big company. Yeah, I didn't think there was anything beforehand from them that I wanted to see. And then I yeah. walked past them, and then their setup, the guy was completely on his phone just playing, not trying to talk to anybody. And I was like, I'm not going to waste my time. And then the fact that I couldn't bring anything home with me, I was like, there's no point in trying to see if I can get hooked up with anything. There were a few people that, or a few companies, that you walked by their booth, they were on their phone, and they didn't want to be social at all. They picked the wrong reps to rep their companies. For a lot of them, it was so weird, too, because you you would stop, you'd look, you'd start, like, touching stuff and playing with it, and they never looked up from their phone. It was like, okay, moving on. Microjig did offer free shipping from the show, which I thought was cool, but their packs were barely cheaper than what they normally are. Yeah. I mean, they had a cool, like, that dovetail setup thing that mm-hmm. they came out with. It's really cool. But I'm not at a point right now where I know what I'm going to do with my shop. Right. And I don't know if I want to use that or not. Their reps were really cool and knowledgeable yeah. and engaged in. But to buy their kit, you saved 50 bucks overall. So I was like, that's that's not worth it for me. I wanted, like huge savings and i already had the gripper so to get their kit that they were offering for the show price i was like it's really not that good of a deal for me there were some booths that had pretty good deals and there were a couple that if you talked to them and so they had the show special right but there were some that if you went and said i'll i'll take it home with me and i'll pay you cash they would occasionally give you a better deal i did because i know somebody that did that but i didn't do it but there were some too that the last day they put a sign on there was a dust collector company they put a sign on one of the dust collectors and said 
normally it's like fourteen or fifteen hundred bucks, and they said take it home today for a thousand because we don't want to ship it. <laughs> it actually had that on the side. So you could probably even market like negotiate a cheaper price than that. You probably could have. You probably could have got it down to eight if you really tried. Yeah, some of the. And then I, I saw somebody walking out with it later. <laughs> I saw a bunch of people walking out with, um, some abrasives company pack like it was a yellow and blue box i know this doesn't help anyone that's listening but maybe you know the name by me telling you that but a bunch of people were walking out with the kits from there and it was like a rolly luggage size bag that i saw several people walking out with oneida or whatever or nita yeah, i hadn't heard of it i went over there i saw the rolly fid- box yeah fiddling with their products no one stopped me to talk to me it wasn't anything that I hadn't seen from an abrasives company, so I also thought, I don't need to talk to you guys, so kind of moved on from them. I've been to a show similar to this, but it wasn't woodworking-focused. It was the sign and print one, mm-hmm. the SGIA, back in October. And the difference from that show to this show, for me, was much different because of one key thing, I think. Before SGIA, I just went in like you did. I went in cold, talked to companies I was interested in, and that's about as far as it went. This time, there were a few that I messaged ahead of time. So, like Epilogue, I talked to the sales rep that I've been using, and he said, yeah, our marketing director's going to be there. Stop by and talk to him. His name's James. Okay. And then Johnson Plastics messaged me on Instagram about being at AWFS and said, look for Ron, which is why I ended up talking to Ron. And then there were a couple more, so... Tony Jorgensen gave me a name of somebody. Accuride gave me a sa- the name of somebody. And when I stopped to talk to them, it was a whole different experience than if you went in like cold calling into the booth. Yeah. Because they already kind of knew who you were from your conversations ahead of time. And then they were, it was a night and day difference. I think it definitely gave me some ideas if I were to go to something like this again later on. And then I have connections for some people that I'm supposed to email later this week. So hopefully I can get something set up with those guys. Even like, not that I'm looking for deals or anything like that, but to get samples of products, that's what I want. Because you and I, you know, one of my concepts that I have and I need the laminated wood like you use Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, So to be able to get some sample products to see if that's even the material I would like to use for that that project versus me having to go buy full sheets of this stuff and waste my money because it's not going to work out for the design that I have. So that's was... That's nice to make those connections from for me. I think that's going to help out in the long run. Yeah, the the one thing I thought was really cool from Johnson Plastics, which I did not know, is pretty much anything you saw on their swatch panel that they had up, mm-hmm. you could mix and match colors if they didn't exist. It's Their booth was so visually appealing because it was so bright. And like different textures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to go play with everything that's in here. Well, so they gave me this business card that was this material. I've always wondered, what would you use this material for? Because mm-hmm. it was kind of like this black with or blue and black material that kind of looked marbly esque mm-hmm. And below it was white. So if you engraved it, it went to white. When would you use that? And then they handed now me a business know? card that was made from it. I yeah, like, I got one That's really too. cool. It's and then I found like out paper thin too, yeah, like a good cart, like a cardstock thickness. It's I think they said it's like point oh two thick, nerd. But yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw colors, but they didn't have a black with the blue that I use, mm-hmm. which you gave me crap about. But because I like to bully, I asked about it. And I said, you know, could you do a matte black with? the blue they said yeah we can do that there's like a sheet minimum to do that Mm -hmm. but they said we're because they're actually owned by romark and because they're owned by romark and romark makes their own stuff they can pretty much custom make whatever materials you want there's just like a two sheet minimum to do the machine setup that's not bad so it's not horrific like it's not cheap but if you want a custom material it's not horrendously bad. I think that's also good for you because the material you're using now for your business cards on the laser is probably more expensive than doing something like this. I think overall, yeah. And if you go with a more neutral like black to white or something versus the black to blue, um, you could probably use that material and use it towards other makers and sell that product and make your money back versus you buying a ton 
of something just specific to you. So if you yeah. can find mo like a more common color setup. The cool thing was, so like my business cards were from Vistaprint. So they're just like the cheap paper. And then I felt this one and this one feels 10 times more professional than anything I've ever gotten from Vistaprint because it's it's got a little bit more thickness. It's like it's flexible plastic. It's not paper. Basically, yeah. And that that's what I thought was cool is that you could mix and match stuff. But the first time at SGIA when I talked to Johnson Plastics, whoever I talked to rep wise, which was not the same people I don't think that were there this time, I think I got a person to talk to me for about a minute and then they seemed disinterested in me. And I I don't know if it was because I wasn't a high um, ordering client or if that person just wasn't into the show. <laughs> De you've definitely got a mix of that. People that were happy to be there and talk to people and people that got the short straw and had to go do this event. Well, even you and I had different experiences at the same booths. Yeah. I So I went by myself on Wednesday and then I went with a friend on Friday and then you and I kind of met up intermittently at the show. Um, so Trevor hates me officially. So this might be the last Not episode. Hate, but um, man, do he's you disappointed bail. in my behavior because I set him up to get stuck at a booth and talk to a vendor for quite okay. some time. So we're going to so. elaborate on this one <laughs> because you straight up hung me out to dry. We we stopped at Shop Saber CNC. <laughs> Because I, I wanted to see how much the 4x8 was, just out of curiosity. And an older guy walks up and says, are you guys interested in CNCs? And Martina goes, yeah, this guy is, pointing to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm looking into it. And he started talking to me. 30 seconds later, Martina is gone. It probably wasn't even 30 seconds. So... And 15 so, minutes later, the guy was finally done talking to me. So I am a wanderer. I am a terrible sidekick. You're, you're horrific. Uh, I'm horrific. Is that what you said? Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I can't. This probably doesn't help that I can't sit and talk to somebody for long amounts of time. So that's probably why I didn't get the time of day from a lot of these companies either. Um, I'm very, I'm an antsy human. Brent knows because he edits out my chair sounds and all of you guys keep talking about my chair sounds now. Like when I get messages after the episode. Um, so I'm a very antsy human. So the fact that that guy wanted to have a conversation with Trevor, I, there was no way I was going to be able to stand there and sit by. So I ditched Trevor and I think I found him three hours later when I, I got, the, yeah, <laughs> when I got the antsies out of me. <laughs> so he was a really nice guy. But you could tell he needed to talk to somebody because he was talking about like projects he had made on his CNC right. that, and showing that me pictures on his phone. That company was not in your price range at all for a no. CNC. And it's bigger a bigger machine than you can even support space-wise. So, I did find out they make a 4x4. It just wasn't there. It was. But I was straight up. Martina you got ditched, ditched. I'm so glad we didn't plan on spending the whole day together Friday because you really would have killed me because I would have been in and out so much. And that that would have just happened at every booth. So That's well, because <laughs> I've I've learned that you need to actually talk to the people if you, if you want to get anywhere with it. Well, I it think you would have fly by and be it like It doesn't hey. help that there's so much attention grabbing stuff around there. So it's just complete squirrel moments. Like the whole time it's like, oh, I want to go there now. Not like I can go there next. It's like I need to be in that that attention grabbing space right now. It caught my attention. I need to be there. Um, I can attest to that because some booths, I'd see it out of the corner of my eye while talking to another booth. Like, oh, I need to stop there next. Mm -hmm. And I'd talk for five more minutes. And when I finished, A, completely forgot about the other booth. Or <laughs> B... Couldn't even remember where it was because, like, they they'll rotate on you to show you like materials yes, or part yes. of a machine, and they'll flip you around, and then you forget which direction that other booth was at. I su surprisingly though, I was able to sit through my seminars that were an hour and a half each. I did. That's two the of funny those. part. You can't you can't sit for ten seconds. You bail on me, but you go to an hour and a half seminar and you're fine. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it honestly, and it was pretty rough to start out for me. I do terrible in a classroom setting. Um, no, I, really. I <laughs> um, I don't have ADD diagnosed, but I wonder, like, if I went and had to take the test. Um, but luckily, they were engaging enough and 
forced you to pay attention enough to where it made me sit and focus long enough. Um, so the first one I took on Wednesday was all about digital marketing and it had um, a lot of what you and I have talked about on this, the show previously about websites on there. So it made me feel like we're doing something right with what we're talking about with our list with between you and I and with the listeners. Um, and it w- that one was beneficial, but it was definitely more geared towards larger businesses for driving more traffic to your website and how long to get people to stay on there. And then it talked about Yelp reviews and how to get on Yelp to grow your business uh, and Google reviews, kind of the same thing. So I feel like as we get bigger or any of the makers listening that get bigger, that would be more beneficial, especially have you, if you have like a warehouse space or an actual location that you can tie into your website versus us where it's like, we're working out of our house. We don't want our address posted anywhere type stuff. Um, and then the one I sat in on Friday was building a life in furniture is basically what it's called. So one of the, there was two gentlemen that did the presentation. One of them is an individual maker, furniture designer out of New Hampshire, I believe. And the other one is pretty much retired now, but he worked for major furniture makers like Lane Furniture. He did, um, and a couple, couple other manufacturers that I hadn't heard of, but they did large scale Kind of like if you went to like a cost plus world market and you found a table there and bought that, they kind of did that mass furniture production. Um, But then at some point he also did like office furniture. So kind of that typical executive office chair design that like now everyone has their own spin on it. He started working on those in like the 1960s. I was like, oh. He literally, he said he literally put the oil on the chair legs of the Oval Office chair that JFK sat in. So, yeah. So, he was an, an older gentleman. and That's now he cool. Yeah. So, now he um, is on this board. I would have to find in my notes what it's called, though. This furniture design board and furniture standards board. Um, so, talking about, like, the tip test. So, if you're building furniture over 30 inches, that it can't be tippable. And then the fact that if you build with glass, it all has to be tempered glass and all these different safety regulations. Um, That's what he does now. So it was definitely interesting to hear what those guys had to say. And um, they talked about how, especially the individual maker, um, how he gets business. And it's been the networking episode we've talked about where it was go to local community events, drop your business cards, local small businesses, put your business cards in there um, was how he's growing his business. And so I was like, Oh, it really sounds like we know what we're talking about because their bullet pointed notes are basically episodes we've had before. So I was like, we're doing something right. Because these, this guy literally makes he, he said he only has to sell like three pieces he only does client work like three or four times a year and that is wow financially like what he needs to do to get by i was like oh my god i can't even imagine that is absurd yeah so he said he works out out of like a three thousand square foot shop and then he teaches on the side too so like entry level woodworking and stuff so like he has money coming in from that but i can't imagine the price point i'm gonna have to google this guy um the price point of the items he's selling if he only needs to do two three four commission pieces a year and then he said by choice he makes um gallery style furniture so if he wants like kind of more of, of an avant-garde piece that he'll have displayed in a local gallery but that's to his design not a commissioned piece it's like that's pretty cool so you can still say stay creative and not get stuck in a rut which i think is what we talk about often of how building you never get to build for yourself or kind of run with your creativity it's all commission-based stuff now yeah but it was my daughter's going crazy i know but it was i mean it was nice. The one, the digital marketing one was kind of just a broad spectrum thing. It wasn't necessarily like woodworking, furniture making. They're just um, third-party consultants that did that one. And then um, I have the notes from another seminar for 
growing big. Grow big or go home is what it is. So creating a sales culture. So I have to look through those notes and those slides, and then we can probably talk about that on the next episode. Yeah, I didn't go to any seminars because they were like seventy five bucks a piece. Seventy five bucks a piece. There was a couple of free seminars, um, but they were for the educators that attended the event. That it seemed like so woodshop teachers, that kind of stuff. Um, so I didn't attend those, and then, but I think I feel like I got my money's worth for paying seventy five bucks to sit in there. Um, they were. I think it was definitely beneficial and it it's not like it really was breaking the bank for me and I got my ticket for free. So kind of justifying the cost of being able to attend a seminar because I was at the event for free was a little bit easier for me. Yeah. One tip, if you go to AWFS, which it's every two years, two years is some of the companies put banners on the AWFS website with codes that you could get a free pass to the exhibit otherwise it was 50 bucks yeah 30 for pre-sale and then 50 oh yeah yeah so a couple people i know paid to get in and then the next day like a code popped up on the website (laughs) it's like oh man that's that's awful (laughs) so i got mine for free too when we both used like felder's code or something yeah we both got it free it was the fact that amanda wasn't able to go and then i couldn't transfer her class to you though i thought was pretty ridiculous see that part i don't get like if you paid for it who cares from your party as long as it's one person doing it right and you're what does it matter scanning i don't know like that's they and they scan badges for you to get in anywhere so it's not like you could lie i mean did i lie yes but i had a female friend that was able to pass as amanda miller so she went in so <laughs> they didn't check ids at they all didn't check ids they just scanned your badge everywhere And they referred to you by name. Any booth you went to, it was, you know, oh, Trevor, what do you do? Oh, Martina, what do you do? What is KBN Designs? What is Maker Experiment? Which is engaging and good, but at the same time, it's like... You repeat yourself a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then I think based off the name that was on your badge, kind of told the companies whether or not they wanted to talk to you. Yeah. And it was interesting because there were a few companies... So they saw my name on my badge. So the last name is Wanamaker. Like, mm-hmm. That that can't be real. Yeah, that's like, what Amanda said too. Like, when what she are you was... talking about? Like, your last name's not really Wanamaker, is it? Like, yeah. That's so awesome. I don't know what she saw before I was taken off for your name that was on it, but she started laughing. She was like, is it seriously Wanamaker? I was like, it seriously is. I was like, one end though. She's like, that's really funny. Rubio Monaco made a comment about it and they thought it was awesome. Somebody else did too. My daughter is going nuts. She's probably clotheslining your other daughter right now. No, I think she's clotheslining my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she she uh, can definitely defend herself. I will put it that way. But the experience overall, I think, was good. But again, it's one of those things where you get out what you put into it. So if you went in completely cold called, you kind of go in and you don't like to talk to people and you strategically like go near a booth, but you don't try to actively talk to somebody at the booth, it probably wouldn't go very well. You definitely have to step outside of your comfort level. You do. And be personable and interactive and kind of play the part, I guess is the way to put it. So if you're not a social person, you're probably not going to get a lot out of that event. You're a salesperson for your own company or your own side business. That's what they talked about in all my presentations that I took. So if if you can't sell yourself to these companies to either work with you or like send you a sample or whatever, then and that's not in your comfort zone, I don't know that it would be worth going. Right. If you can't get if you can't push past that. Unless part. all you want to see is robots and you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. But you get you kind of get tired of watching the robots after a while. You do. And when I went, I I swear I spent an hour at Epilogue talking to their marketing guy. Mm-hmm. I think I spent an hour at Johnson Plastics. And I think I spent like 30 to 45 minutes at Pony Jorgensen. Which is funny because I stopped by, I walked past Trotec for lasers for so people that don't know Trotec is another laser company. And they were very engaging and trying to get me a laser, which is funny because I'm not in the market for one. 
at all and would never be able to afford one because they are so pricey. Mm-hmm. But they were their representatives that they had there were there to make business. Oh, yeah. They were there to get the sales. They're pretty good at that. I at one point had almost I had three of them trying to sell me on a machine and I was like it's I can barely run my CNC now you want to get me this whole other device but yeah (laughs) Um, but their booth was cool because it showed what their lasers could do same with epilogue but they had different stuff from epilogue they had more of the home and design stuff and epilogue kind of just had a lot of smalls that had been engraved yeah that's one thing I did notice is there's a more Engraving Trotex was more like a mixture of engraving cutouts and assemblies and whatnot. Um, they said they can cut up to an inch. Depending on the wattage, yeah. Yeah, because that was with the biggest one that they had on display. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. So it's in the hundred, hundreds of watts range. It uh, was not like a 60 or anything. I think you said it was a 400 watt. And I kept yeah, thinking, oh my right. god, the the laser I can add on my Shape Oka was a 4 watt. And this is a 400 watt. So it was really funny because uh, I can do math. Well, mine's uh, a 60 watt. So ugh, it's 400. Man. 400's bigger than 60. Uh, but <laughs> there's my kid so is much, yelling so for me much editing in this episode. They're just leaving it all in. I, that's nothing bad. The dogs were annoying. But I definitely think I would go back. I definitely don't think I would go back next year. If that, I feel like there can't be that much of a difference in a year for this kind of stuff that was on display. If I stay in line with what I'm doing right now, I would not go back next year. If I grow my business the way I want in the way I have planned, which we haven't, you and I have talked about, but we haven't talked on the show, I would definitely be growing, going back next year and making different connections that I did this year. I would agree with that. Because there's the possibility for that. But it made me want to go to like those kitchen and bath conventions that they have in Vegas and everything now, just because there's some neat stuff there that you can't find, like even cabinet hardware that you don't see at like Lowe's or Home Depot or anything like that. Just the finishes of some of this stuff was really cool to see. So that might be why it's every two years. But then I'm sure there's also IWF, I think is the other one that's I think in Atlanta. Oh, the Builder Show one. And apparently that one is four times the size of this one. Oh my god. I thought this one was huge. I, yeah, so did I. I couldn't imagine one four times the size. I think it was a lot easier too because the travel for me was really easy and reasonable and I got to stay there for free. The tickets were free. So if you're, I don't know that I would spend a ton of money to go to this specific show. No, I... Personally, if I didn't live here, I don't know that I would have done it because I would have had to pay for a hotel mm-hmm. and gas or whatever. Unless you, I mean, if you find a friend, so you can split the hotel room. That'd be different. Kind of that stuff. But if you're doing it by yourself, it definitely, I mean, it gets pricey. You go in there and even to eat while you're at the show, it was, you know, like 15 bucks for a sandwich. I was like, oh my God, can you be professional, please? And no. not drop your stuff and actually talk? Well, I have my kids in the background yeah. making a bunch of noise <laughs> this is like the most unprofessional episode we've ever had dude your kids are full speed ahead this they, morning they They've play never, wrestling with my wife i've and never heard them be this loud it's funny it's because they fell asleep at like 6 p.m yesterday it's probably because they're tired of go- from going to bed at 5 a.m yeah. the past week yeah and then they woke up at 5 a.m this morning <laughs> and they've been full throttle <laughs> It's kind of funny, in a way, but... For you, because you're not in the middle of it right now. After this, I will be, and then (laughs) my daughter will probably want to wrestle and jump on me. You know, typical kid stuff. But overall, I think it was a good way to make connections with supplier companies Mm -hmm. that we use. Or at least some of them. Or hope to use, yeah. Or hope to use. And it was interesting because Ron, the guy from Johnson Plastics, he's like, I'll be back in two weeks if you want to, you know, meet up and have a beer. Sure. Like, think if you're in town, let me know and I'll see what I can do. That's cool. Well, they're here, I think, like once every three months. But this month he just has two shows like 
What's the next show? Something at Caesar's Palace. Uh, it's some. There's a distributor company, and that distributor company hosts a show of all the companies that they distribute or work with or whatever. So it's a show of that. So it's smaller, but it's like only for businesses to go to. I don't think it's like a normal open public one. This whole end of the episode is just my daughter screaming in the background. (laughs) And she kind of sounds like a little baby dinosaur back there. A little raptor, baby raptor. I think from the sounds of it, you know, like the team of three raptors in Jurassic Park? Mm -hmm. Jurassic World. She is, or yeah, she's all three in one. (laughs) She's the attacker, not the attacky. (laughs) She is definitely the one seeking out the prey who apparently is my wife at the moment. (laughs) I think it was good. I'm glad I, I'm definitely glad I went. Yeah. And there were a few companies that said, email me after this and we'll, we'll send you some samples and then there were other companies that like there was a screw company and they didn't really like they wanted to show you the technology but they're like yeah we'll send you information like they didn't want to sell the screws on site they didn't want to that was how a lot of vendors were it was like let me just scan your badge and we'll send you information it's like you can talk to me about it now maybe i don't want you to send me information when others were like yeah here's this package of material go try it out like, they're like little four by four squares, but it's still, okay, that's cool. So there were definitely some that had swag to give away, but the swag was even kind of hit or miss. It was mostly pens and... I got a ton of pens. I actually kind of avoided grabbing pens because I mm-hmm. knew I wouldn't use them. Oh, if it's free, I'm taking it. I got a bunch of stress balls, pens. I did get the big ass fan stress ball. Oh, the donkey? That's pretty cool. Yeah. And hey, there's my daughter who is acting like a maniac. I can hear her in the background of this. <laughs> And we're still recording. I have like three minutes. What are you doing? I'm done. So she's here for you. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you, we have to throw in the flag. I think your wife's ready to be done. My wife is ready to be done. And my yeah. daughter came in and immediately smacked my arm. So. <laughs> okay. Are you done? No, we're not done. Okay. Well, I'm going to go get beat like up now. The crazies. So I'm going to play <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Most unprofessional episode ever. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You coming yeah. down there? <laughs> no. Yeah. You are not calm. You're about to go off. I could she tell. Sounds like she drank a bottle of syrup and had a pot of coffee this morning. Did she drink a bottle of syrup and have a pot of coffee? Because yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like no, and she's like yes. She was like, "That's what I did before you guys woke up." Yes, you did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No. <laughs> yes, I did. You don't even know how to make coffee. She probably I ate did. it. She I just did. ate the ground. You did not. Yes, she did. Okay. Well, I'm going to go so I can take care of, you know, the gremlin. That, <laughs> what? Isn't that the one that, like, you can't if feed you feed him past midnight? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's the gremlin right yeah. now. <laughs> well, good so. luck to you today. Yeah. Apparently, my hands are going to be full. All right. Till next time. All right. Later. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.